Tonight, take your Bible and turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 35, page 526. Thank you, uh, Caleb and Joy, for being with us tonight. Thank you for sharing your heart. Thank you for... Um, I thank you for allowing me to obey the Lord, and you obey the Lord. Amen. Uh, we have been praying, and um, many of you, many of you, have been praying for revival. And uh, many of you are coming on Saturdays at 6 o'clock, and I've just been so, so humbled by that. For the last two weeks, first week we had over 50. This week we had, we had 47, and we would have had 50 if, and, uh, uh, and just some things happened. But, uh, but you know, God in his, in his mercy and in his grace, how humbling that is when a group of people get a heart for revival. Our country needs revival. Brother, I, I, you're right. New Mexico's in darkness, but I'm not so sure it ain't even shattered by America being in darkness. Sad to say that we, we see countries that need God. I'm not so sure that one day New Mexico's going to be sending missionaries here and other countries going to be sending missionaries here for the mess that we're in. But tonight I want to bring all of this back around and for a little while tonight I want to be I want to be your pastor. I want to be your preacher. Tonight, I believe that if you will give me your utmost attention, you, you may hear the greatest truth that you could ever get a hold of. It, it, I promise you, if you listen intently and you allow God to speak to your heart, it'll, it'll change your life. Second Chronicles chapter 35, if you found your place, that's page 527. If you'll stand with me as we read a few verses together. And the children of Israel that were present kept the Passover at that time and the feast of unleavened bread seven days. Now I want you to notice verse number 18. And there was no Passover like to that kept in Israel from the days of Samuel the prophet. Neither did all the kings of Israel keep such a Passover as Josiah did, kept, and the priests and the Levites and all Judah and Israel that were present, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And in the eighteenth year of the reign of Josiah was this Passover kept. This is the key verse. After all this... When Josiah had prepared the temple, and Eco, king of Egypt, came up to fight against Cargamesh of Euphrates, and Josiah went out against him. With the help of God tonight, I want to preach on stolen victory. I need to help you tonight. We don't fight to a victory. We fight in a victory that's already been won. 2,000 years ago, when Jesus mounted Calvary, he looked up to the Father and said, It is finished. Hallelujah. It's been finished ever since. And that will never change. And we don't fight to a victory. We fight in a victory. But you need to understand tonight, Satan can and will steal 
that victory right out from under you if we allow him to do so. All right. Brother Barry Goodman, how about you praying? Amen. You'll be seated. Out of the 20 rulers of Judah, including wicked Queen Athala, only eight of them could be called good. Now understand, eight in the Bible is a number of new beginning. So God can take eight and make a new beginning. Amen. Asa, Jehoshaphat, Joash, Amaziah, Uzziah, Jotham, Hezekiah, and Josiah. There's no question that Josiah was a great king. Even the prophet Jeremiah used him as an example for the other rulers to follow. Jeremiah said this about him. He judged the cause of the poor and the needy. Then it was well with him. Was not this to know me, saith the Lord. So that's what the prophet Jeremiah said about Uzziah in 22.16. While the other kings were exploiting the people and to, to build their elaborate palaces and while they were building their great wealth and fortunes, here was a young man by the name of Josiah that ruled for 31 years and he walked in the ways of the Lord because of his model, David. Now, I do believe he had a great mother that led him, no doubt about that. But we see in this story, first of all, we see his reign. The Bible says in 2 Kings 23, 25, and now don't miss this, and like unto him there was no king before him that turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might. Have you heard that somewhere before? I believe Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And here was a young man, and this is what the Bible says about him. According to all the law of Moses, neither after him rose there any like him. In a verse we read, the Bible says that Revival came in a Passover time and never was there a revival, never was there a Passover like that one. I mean, no doubt, it was the finest and the best that it could have ever been. As a matter of fact, the Bible says no one had it like they did. Josiah probably knew Probably never knew his great-grandfather Hezekiah. But they were, he was like them in many ways. And although Josiah, father and grandfather, were exceptionally wicked, his life became an example of God's willingness to provide a guidance. Can I help you? Josiah became a generational warrior. His grandfather, 
His great-grandfather was a godly man. His grandfather was wicked to no end. His father was wicked to no end. But when he come to Josiah, he said, I know what my daddy done. I know what my papa done. But I am not going down that road. I'm going to be a generational warrior. Now you met, now listen, every family in this church has a generational sin. Every family. If you, if you would want to do well, just research your family. It might be your generational sin of your family. They were all drinkers, alcohol problems, and they were drunks. You'll find some are drugs, some were thieves. Well, they some used to live around Henry River. Uh, old, uh, my stuff. They, they were just mean. They were just mean. Same might get another day when the school burned. Amen. And uh, I mean, they was just just mean. That was, and the whole family was out of the way. And so, what we need to understand is every family has a generational sin. But don't miss this. Every family, every individual has an opportunity to be a generational warrior for their generation. They say, I know what they've done, but I'm not going. This is what Josiah decided he was going to do. Notice his reign. Number one, at eight years of age, he become a king. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned in Jerusalem one and thirty years. He was eight years old. How many? We have anybody here eight years old? Who's eight? Ella? No, Harley. At Harley's age, he became king. At sixteen years of age, got anybody here sixteen? Good, good, raise your good. Listen to what he said. At 16, he began to seek God. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David, his father. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places. When he's 20 years old, he began to deal with the idol worship in the land. When he was 26 years old, he started a building project and he repaired the house of God. Now in the 18th year of his reign, when he had purged the land in the house, he sent Zaphan, the son of Azaliah, and the governor of the city, and Joah, the son of Joahaz, the recorder to repair the house of the Lord, his God. Now something happened while they're in there fixing the house of God. Somebody got a copy, found a copy of the Word of God. And he takes it to the priest and they begin to open it and begin to read it. This 26-year-old man, he wrenched his clothes down that day when they would tie their clothes off. It was a, a symbol of mourning and, and, and brokenness. And what he was doing, he got, when, when, the, when the Word of God was read, he was broken over the Word of God. I wonder how many heard the word of God, but it changed nothing in their life this morning. Heard the word of God. And they delivered the book, and he was broken. And my, what a surprise. He was overwhelmed by God's holiness. And 
He tried to literally move a people into that place. My what how humbling this young man was. 26 years of age. He's broken before God in my soul. And, and they had a Passover. And man, what a Passover. What a revival they had. People were praying. People were believing God. God was moving. Then at 39 years of age, they're doing this funeral. What happened? After all this, after reigning, destroying idols, battling the enemy, repairing the house of God, let me bring it to us. Praying, believing God, seeking God, being obedient to what God wants him to do. After all this, we see his reign, then we see his ruin. After all this, Josiah had prepared the temple. Nico, king of Egypt, came up to fight against Cargamesh by Euphrates. And Josiah went out against him. And what Satan couldn't do through idol worship or Josiah's weakness, he did through Josiah's strength. For you see, up to this time, Josiah had been fighting the enemy. He'd been fighting idol worship. Praise God for that. He'd been fighting for the cause of the book. Hallelujah for that. He's been fighting for right. But then he starts fighting a battle that he shouldn't be a fighting. See, Nico is the king of Egypt. And he's going to join the Assyrians. And Josiah thought Egypt was the enemy, but in fact, Babylon was their enemy. Babylon would come in and take them under captivity. And he decided to fight a battle. Let me just say this. A whole lot of you are fighting battles, and I need to teach you tonight. I need you to understand how to war right in battles. And you got to ask yourself the question, is this a battle I need to be fighting? Or is this one that I'm not? I, I believe old Nehemiah had it probably as good as anybody. One day they're building the wall, a trial. Sam Ballard told Pi and that bunch of devils says, we're going to come over and beat the fool out of you. That's in my Bible. I'm not sure it's in yours. I got King James Bible, by the way. We're going to come over and defeat you. They threatened him. And so what Nehemiah said, he said, now I want you to put a sword in one hand and I want you to put a trowel in the other. 
Now, a trial is used to build with. Everybody understands what a trial is? Scott, do you know what that is? Okay, I'm sure you did. I was just playing with you. I borrowed this. Thank you for letting me borrow this. By the way, he, he's a construction worker. He builds, does masonry work. He knows what this is. I'd like to have a dollar for every time he's held one of them in his hand. Praise God. I'd retire. And he said, put a trowel in one hand. But he said, boys, put a sword in another. Now, here's the problem we have with it. How do you use those well? Well, first of all, I want you to, I want you to understand this because this will help you down the road. You may not need it right now, but down the road, you've got to discern. And if we could become a master at discerning the battle We'll go, we'll go a long ways down the road and not fighting battles we ought not fought. Nehemiah 4, 17, And they which built it on the wall, and they that bear the birds with those that laid it, every one, every one with one of his hands wrought in the work while the other and he held a weapon. He wrought in the work of a trial, and on the other hand, he held a weapon. And so we find that we're not be building walls, we're building lives. Those of you that work in a bus ministry, it's, it's not about, it's about building lives in that, in that ministry. It's about loving those kids, amen. It's about reaching them for the cause of Christ. And, and we find that the battle's raging in our lives all the time. And so tonight, can I help you, help you to learn how to fight a battle? So, four questions. By the way, I ask myself again, these same questions and I answered them to myself I wanted somebody really top of the line to talk to so I talked to myself I asked myself these questions this week and I answered them and by the time I come to the other end of that question I had my answer and and just so you'll just be on record I decided I'm not fighting a battle how do we decide to fight a battle or not number one don't miss this. Can I change it? If I fight this battle, the Bible says, this same text, the king sent word back to Josiah, My son, forbear thee from meddling with God who is with me that he destroyed thee not. Some of you are slicing and dicing everybody around you. This is not a good service to get out of hand with me, amen? You're slicing and dicing the people around you Fighting a battle that cannot be changed. And you need to decide, can I change it? Before I pull my sword out and decide I'm going to fight a battle. Now don't, don't miss this. Say some battles worth fighting. I'm going to fight this book. Hey, I'm going to fight for the cause of this book. Amen. Amen. I am. I'm going to fight for the cause of this book. 
I want you to know tonight, I'm going to fight for the cause of our church. I'm going to fight for the cause of holiness. There's some things that are worth the fight. But you know most of our battles, you know what they're over? They're over things that you and I cannot change. And you need to ask yourself, do I want to fight this? Do I want to fight it? Some of you are fighting battles that, that comes with your past. And you know what? Well, I tell you, I think about my past, I get so angry. Can I ask you a question? Can you change it? Somebody wronged me 20 years ago. Can you change it? If you can't change it, why in the world do you want to fight the battle? Now, I, I believe this. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. There are some people, they love the battle. If there's not a fight, they'll start one. So they got something to fight. That there's some people just love the battle. They just like the fight. They, they just, they just, that they're bored. Their life's boring. And, um, Instead of grabbing a trial and building somebody up, building up a life, building up a family, building up a home, you know what they're always doing? They're always, they're they're just bored. So you know what? I'm going to just slice some people up. I'm going to stab them and I'm just going to stab them with my words. I'm just going to cut their heads off if I can. I'm just going to stab them. I'm going to fight them. I just, I just got to fight a battle. I just got to. I just got to go. Give them my two cents worth. I, I, I just got to go. You know what's sad? You know what's sad? Boy, I praise God. I, 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 probably, I probably got the best wife in the church. One, one of the most blessed things I have as a pastor is I got a wife. She always uses a trial. She's always a building me up. She tells me I'm a good preacher. And when I know I'm not... She tells me I'm good looking, and she probably got that right. <laughs> she, she, she don't use short jokes. Amen. <laughs> uh, she don't do that. She, she don't. No, no, no. You know what she done? I, we've been married for 43 years. Now, there's been a couple of times when she's had to fight for some things and pull out the sword and help me. But you know what? Day in and day out, and day in and day out, and day in and day out, she uses, she, she builds me up. She builds me up. Her favorite saying, when she dies, I'm going to put it on her tombstone. It'll be all right, honey. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. Honey, it'll be all right. I bet you I've heard that a hundred thousand times. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. And you know what she's, you know, but you know what some of you, some of you, your husband can't get up at all because bless God, no matter when he does, you'll cut the legs out from under him, you'll slice him and dice him, can't do nothing right, never done nothing right. And by the way, some of you fellas are as guilty and worse than the women. Why in God's name? So what you need to do is ask yourself the question, can I change it? I need to help some of you. It breaks my heart if anybody, any family chooses to leave our church. It breaks my heart 
when they get ugly and say bad things. It breaks my heart when they try to pull other people out of our church. But I've just come to the conclusion, I can't change that. So I'm not going to fight that. Can you change it? The first question you need to ask yourself is can I change it? Nico's telling Josiah, God's going to give me victory here, and you're not, don't mess with God, don't meddle with this, don't mess with it. But you know what? Because there's some things. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 36, 16, but they mocked the messengers of God, they and despised His words, and misused His prophets, Till the wrath of God rose against his people, till there was no remedy. You won't understand this unless you're a pastor or you're preaching. This morning my heart broke for some people. And I feared for them. I was terrified for them. Because instead of humbling themselves, I wasn't sure they didn't go out taking God on and saying, I dare you to humble me. It terrifies me. But you know what? I can't change that. So the first question I ask is this, can I change it? Now, you'd be amazed. You'd be amazed. First thing we need to understand is this. You will never change anybody else. The only person you can change is yourself. You'll never change anybody else. So if somebody else is giving you grief, you need to ask the question, can I change it? Second question. Now usually the first question is as far as I've got to go. But if I don't, I go to the second question. How will it change me? In verse 22, won't you take your Bible there and turn it to chapter 35, verse 22. You got your Bible still open? Listen to what the Bible says. Nevertheless, Josiah would not turn his face from him, but notice what he did, but disguised himself. And that he might fight with him, hearken not unto the words of Nico from the mouth of God, and came to fight in the valley of Megiddo. Second question is this. Can I change it? Second question. How is it going to change me? Anytime you've got to put on a disguise... When you got to put on a mask, you're in trouble. Every time. In 1 Samuel 28 and 8, Saul disguised himself and put on another raiment. He went and two men with him. They came to the woman by night and said, I pray thee divine unto me by the familiar spirit and bring me unto him whom I shall call unto thee. He went see a psychic, but to do so he had to disguise himself. Had to pretend he was somebody else. Boy, I love this old Jehoshaphat. 
He got hooked up and listened to what he said. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, O Ahab, I will disguise myself and go into battle, but put thou on thy robe. So the king of Israel disguised himself. And they went to the battle. Guess what? When they got on the battlefield, people started shooting at, Josiah, at the Jehoshaphat. He jumps off the helmet and said, It ain't me! It ain't me! Quit shooting! And they shot at the right one, O Ahab. You know what happens when you fight battles you can't change? It starts changing you. I wish I could tell you that I'd never walked in this pulpit and preached to you and my heart not be heavy, my heart not be broken. And the truth is, some of it's fighting a battle that I can't change. But I chose to fight it. And you know what you got to do? He starts changing you. He starts changing you. He'll start getting your spirit. And them people that are ugly and unkind and got an old evil spirit about them. I'm going to tell you something. If you fight that battle, your, your spirit will get just like theirs. You know what I mean? Your spirit will get just like theirs. But boy, when I decide, you know, I'm just not going to let it change me. Praise God, I wake up every, I, I enjoy life. I enjoy living. I enjoy serving God. I enjoy pastoring. And bless God, there's some things I'm not going to surrender. I'll work 60 hours a week. I'll work, give you everything i got. But there's one thing I'm not going to do is give you my joy. Years ago, years ago, I, I took the church. And I hadn't had it about two years, maybe. I don't know why it happened. I don't even know how it happened. But I got angry. I got angry. I got my eyes on a few people that didn't do what I thought they ought to do. And I got angry. And God helped that crowd. Blessed, some of the most, most precious people in the world are those people that were living in part of the church during that first two years. And I'm ashamed of it. But I'd get in the pulpit and I was angry. And I preached to them folks that way. And I'll never forget the Sunday. I was so angry. I said, folks, just go home. Just go home. And I walked into the back room. You're down here in a little white church. And uh, I was in there just, just angry. Mad at the world. And I, Darlene walked in. Nobody else in the world could do this but her. I said, I'm done with this crap. I'm done with this and she looked at me and she said, yes, honey, you are. You're done. And those people didn't deserve what you just did. And you stay here and settle it with God before you come home. I'm going to tell you something. If any man walked in there, I'd jerk the sword and cut his head off. <laughs> now I'm going to tell you, that day, I just 
Boy looked in the mirror and said, my God, what am I allowing a handful of people to do to me? Boy, that day I fell on my face and I said, God, I am so sorry. Because you need to understand something. And I hallelujah for this. You don't belong to me. You're his. He wipes your britches off anytime he wants to. He keep you up all night dealing with your he do whatever he and I said, Hallelujah, God, they don't belong to me. And God said, I could take care of my people. And I said, Okay, God, if you'll give me back my joy, I promise you. I'll never walk in a pulpit angry again. That night I asked the church to forgive me. Well, by the way, that do some of you, some of your husbands need to go home and ask your wife to forgive you for being a tyrant. No excuse for it. Some of your wives need to ask your husband to forgive you for being a Jezebel. No sense in it. God, that day, that day, you just need to get out of God before you get home. Amen. It'll be okay. All this will be up here in just a little bit. Nosedive in it, okay? You need to understand that day, that day, God, it had changed me. That day, God gave me back a love for my church, gave me a love for preaching. He gave me a love for the Word of God. He gave me back my joy. And you know what? I decided I'm not going to fight that battle again. By the way, those people become some people I love dearly. By the way, 20 years later, they still wasn't doing no different than they was to begin with. But you know what? God just done what He wanted to do. God, God's His business. And by the way, don't you miss this. God's more God enough to handle things if you'll just let him than you'd ever imagine. Number one, can I change it? Number two, how will it change me? Number three, number three, what have I got to lay aside to fight this battle? Now, Nehemiah told him, he said, I want you to put a sword in one hand and I want a trowel in the other. But you've got to understand something. I, I, I helped break a church one time, and I learned something. It takes both hands. You got to put that. You got to put that mud on that. But you got to have the other hand to lay a brick, and then you got to get it straight. Got to peck it down. Got to make sure it's clean it all. But God, do all. It takes. You, what I'm trying to say is, you can't hold the trowel to build lives and hold the sword at the same time. How many of you are right? I'm right-handed. And if I do anything good, I'm going to do it with my right hand. And so here's the question. What have I got to lay down to fight this battle? Some people used to sing in the choir, but you know what? They, they laid that down because, bless God, they're going, to fight in a, they're going to fight a battle. They're in a battle. They're in a fight. I just tell you, I don't like this. I'm going to fight this. I'm going to fight this. So you laid aside... Singing in the choir. 
Let me, let me, let me help some of you in your bus ministry. Boy, I praise God for our workers in the bus ministry. What a blessing these precious people are. But I'm going to tell you something. You can get caught fighting a battle. You get caught fighting a battle that you shouldn't be fighting. Guess what you'll do? You'll get so angry. You'll have to lay aside that trowel to pick up that sword. You know why? Because that anger will branch off to the way you treat those kids. We're not going to let you mistreat them. Can't mistreat them. You can't love kids and fight a battle with a, with a sword in your hand all the time. Why are you going to lay aside? I bow I laid aside pastor in a church to fight a battle I couldn't change. He was changing me. Why you got to lay aside? Joseph, what you laying aside, buddy? He said, well, I'm laying aside fighting idol worship. I'm so busy fighting the battle, the idol worship that I used to fight. The real enemy, Satan, I've laid that aside. Josiah laid aside the house of God. Some folks have laid aside the house of God to fight about. Some of you, listen, some of you are fighting a battle, but you've laid aside being honest with God and the blessing that God gives. And you don't know this, but you're turning the sword on your own family. You're cursing your own family. And you take this to the bank. I was, I was thinking about our young people. And they some of our young people. They some of our young people. I am so proud of you. They're some young people. I, I, I'm just, I, I, I thank God to tell folks while they're growing up. I had my doubts about Jake Drum. I did. I, I ain't lied to you. I just had my doubts about him. How many of the rest of you had doubts about him? Well, the whole church. <laughs> but I have been a watching that young man. I watched him play football, and I watched him turning into a man. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm just getting very proud of that young man. And I was thinking today, if that young man, if that young man, I'm a shedding here bad. If that young man, if that young man will be honest with God and put 10% in, if you'll give God his 10%, put 10% in the savings account, that young man one day will impress the whole crowd here. If you'll just obey God. Some of you are laying aside the principles of what's right to fight a battle that you can't change. You're fighting a battle you can't change. And you're laying aside the principles. What have I got to lay aside? He laid aside doing right. Second Chronicles 34, 2, and he did, he did that which was right inside of God. He's doing wrong now. He said, lay aside doing right. He's laying inside the house of God. 
He found he'd repair the house of God at one day. Now he's trying to battle. I ain't got time to repair the house of God. I ain't got time for the house of God. I'm finding a battle. He laid aside the word of God. He used, this book was read and he, was, he would be broken about it. But now he's not, he's not holding that. He's, he's fighting a battle. And it can't change. It's changing him. He's having to lay aside some things to fight it. After all this, so we see his reign, we see his ruin, and we see the results. And boy, I want you to remember, remember this. Every choice we make carries a price. And the archer shot at King Josiah, and the king said to his servants, Have me away. For I am sore wounded. He died. And the price was too high. All because he faced the battle when he's to fight. I wonder how many marriages will die because you're fighting battles. She shouldn't be fighting. You're laying aside some things. You're letting it change you. Fighting a battle. Fighting a battle. And it's changing you. And you're just hell-bent to fight it until it kills you. Kills you marriage. To kills you joy. Joe, don't ever get caught in a battle that robs your shout and your praise. It ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. Some of you lost your testimony fighting a battle. Some of you ruined your testimony with others of fighting a battle that you just didn't need to fight. Some of you used to be doing some things for the glory of God but you've just been so busy fighting the battle, you just don't do them no more until finally you're dead on God and you lose that ability for God to use you. He died. I, I, I'm almost sad to tell you because let me tell you, you know what happened to the nation? It very quickly went right back in to idol worship. Very quickly. All because a man fought a battle he shouldn't have never fought. We, our, our country today, we're killing ourselves to try to get more junk and more toys and we're fighting everything in the world to get more stuff. And here's what's the sad. You're so angry fighting the battle you can't even enjoy the stuff you got. You'd be better off in a tin box somewhere and have your joy than you would in a million-dollar mansion and, and, and mean in a junkyard dog. Right. And your joy gone. And you, you just can't have no joy. You can't, you can't enjoy your youngins. You can't enjoy your family. You can't enjoy life because somewhere you laid aside that trial. Boy, I tell you what's the truth. I want to build my children. I want to build my... I 
my, my, my grandchildren. I want to build my church. And I, I'll just be honest with you. I, I, boy, sometimes the battle comes and, and the devil says, will you be the fight this? They, you know what they said about you? They lied about you. They said this. They said, boy, the devil will say, won't you pick up that sword? And then won't you get your newspaper out it? Won't you start and let them have it? And all of a sudden, I see a little old family. A little girl walked in this morning. And boy, God must be doing something. This never happens. Little old bitty girl, she raised her hands up to me for me to take her. Oh. I'm sorry, devil. I've got to keep my hand on that trial. I got to keep my hand on that trial. I picked up that little girl and she hung me around the neck and, and it just shot me because most kids cry and go, ah, and just run, you know. <laughs> Something must be going on. I got, I got a trial. Some of you, hey, look, look beside of you. What's that beside of you, sir? Oh, you, you got a line full of them. You can't afford to fight a battle. Because when you do, you lay aside dad. And a whole pew full, except for that one on the end. <laughs> but if you want it, if you need another, and we'll, we'll sell him. You can't afford to. Are you listening? Those of you that work in the bus ministry, Hey, you young people that work in the bus ministry. Now, as far as I know, you're not, but, but in case you get the idea, don't start up any battles. Keep your sword to yourself. Pick up a trial. Because there's a whole bunch of little youngins on that bus. They need somebody to love them. Need somebody to care for them. Need somebody to hug them. Need somebody to hand them a box of juice. And need somebody to build their lives. Folks, we, and, and I don't know who you are. I, don't, I really don't, but I'm telling you this much. Can, can I encourage some of you to bring that sword to the altar and swap it for a trial? And let's build some lives. Let's build some lives. But you can't do both. Some of you are fighting things that, well, they just preacher, they said this about me. Well, my question was, was it true? <laughs> Second question is, can you change it? Well, no. And why in God's name do we want to fight it? Pick up a trial and say, I'm sorry they said that. But you know what? I'm just going to love them. I'm going to pray for them. And I'm just going to tell I, I, I just praise God that he let our paths cross. And I pray God uses them and blesses them and just keep on going down the road because there's more people to reach. There's more people to help. There's more people to do. There's, there's so much to do. I'm sorry. I just can't lay down a, a trial to pick up that sword and fight a battle. I think sometimes we may have to fight. I'm going to tell you, I don't care. 
You're never going to move me from this. God made one man for one woman. God gave uh, Adam Eve, not Steve. Amen. And I'm telling you, I'm never going to, some things I'm just not going to move on. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm just not. And there's some things worth fighting for. But a whole lot of the battles down through the years have just not been worth it. I, I wished I could tell you. Oh, I wished I could tell you that I've never carried that sword around. Oh, I wished I could. But the truth of the matter is, I can't. Not be honest with you and God. But it's been many years now. I think I'm just going to hold on to this and build lives. So I was standing there, they've had five new eye closed. 